You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. I have two words for you, coffee. How much time do people spend making coffee each day? According to sources, again, you could time it yourself, but according to sources, the average office employee drinks 20 cups of coffee a week. That adds up to 1,040 cups of coffee per year. How long does it actually take to brew a fresh cup of coffee and drink it? It takes up on average 24 minutes of the average worker's day. That adds up to 190 days in time expended on preparing and consuming coffee. And specifically because of that reason, and besides for the fact that I don't like it, I don't drink coffee. I just do the the old, the hot water chill. My grandfather, Cantor Cole, he does the same thing. Um, And it's really great, just drinking plain hot water. But on the topic of hot water coffee, I was, one time I I was at a state, I was in like a kitchen area, and I noticed that there was an individual by the hot water station, and he did something absolutely peculiar. And what what I noticed was that, I filled up my cup with hot water from the urn, right? And then I turned to leave. And just then, from the corner of my eye, I noticed a man take the metal washing cup from the sink and begin filling it up with the hot water from the same exact urn that I just used. I was just looking, what in the world is this guy going to do? Filling up a washing cup, a metal washing cup, with scalding hot water. And then all of a sudden, he took it brought it to the sink and started pouring it over his hands. I, I I almost I I almost didn't know what to do with myself and I I like was just standing there shocked looking at him like what are you doing? Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Are you are you out of your cotton picking mind? Are you gonna start are are you are you do you need to go to the hospital? What's going on? The guy finally explained to me what he was doing. He told me before he put the hot water into the washing cup, he already had filled the cup mostly with cold water from the sink. And it turned out he was just adding a little bit of boiling hot water into the already existing cup of cold water in order to make it warm. You see, it was winter time. It was cold outside. He didn't want to get like such chapped skin. He, you know, so he didn't want that cold water. So he made it warm by putting hot water into cold water. Anyways, this, the story taught me a valuable lesson for life. And that, that's the following. There's always more than what meets the eye, right? And sometimes you think, oh, there's never more than what meets the eye. What I see, that's the limit. That's what it is. I'm going to judge here. You know, in 1875, the director of the United States Patent Office insisted that he had had enough. He sent in his resignation and advised the administration that his department should be closed permanently. Why? Why did the director of the United States Patent Office sign in and put in his resignation? Because he was convinced there was nothing left to invent. And that's crazy. That was in 1875. We're in 20, almost 22 at this point. Do you realize how many hundreds of thousands of new inventions came about since 1875? 
see inventions don't get old there's always more there's always more to meets the eye and so that that's one lesson i learned from this incident that i thought this guy was you know not smartly pouring hot water on his, on himself but in reality he was actually being clever he was actually creating uh, warm water in order to make it that his hands wouldn't be too cold and i thought that was fascinating so although from our perspective we may think we can judge others, we don't actually know what another person is going through and why he or she is doing something that looks troubling. This idea, if you think about it, applies to how we perceive Hashem on this world as well. By definition, living in Gullus in exile means that things are hidden and concealed from us. Why certain events happen and tragedies, why do these things happen, Lo'aleinu, are unknown to us. It's easy to jump to conclusions and come up with all sorts of theories and reasons. But we really don't know why Hashem does the things that He does. Why this person has money and that person is poor is unknown to us. Why this person is successful and that person is struggling is unknown to us. Why this person is going through a certain Nisayon and that person not is unknown to us. On the topic of, you know, people, why some people are successful and not it's actually a good uh, shtick. I, I just tried it recently. If you ever go to your like online banking and you're able to deposit, you know, at least if you use the standard uh, methods, you could deposit a check, right? So as part of the process of depositing a check, you have to enter the amount. So just for, just for the sake of doing it, I tried entering. I didn't actually press enter. I was just doing it just to, to write it and actually see it with my eyes. Like I, tr I wrote 99999. I did 99999999999 dollars 99 99 99 99 99 99 99 And like, so I like saw that number. I'm like, Whoa, this man is doing well, if I may say so myself. This man, obviously, I didn't actually uh, deposit uh, even close to that, but it was just kind of funny, and um, it was just kind of interesting to, you know, perceive that for like a second, as if I was depositing a billion bucks. But the point is, we don't know the whys in life. Life in, in Gaulus is not about trying to figure out the answer to all of our whys, and that's a crucial yesod. My father always says, why is a crooked letter? And the whys of life, they're crooked, they're confusing. We don't know the reasons for the whys, per se. But Hashem doesn't want us to figure out the whys of life. He wants us to figure out the what's of life. What can we do today to better ourselves? What can we do today to accomplish and achieve greater levels of closeness with Hashem? What can we do today to be nicer and friendlier to my family, to my neighbors? What can I do today to help someone else? What can I do today to find the good and be the good in the world and not question the bad? And, and you know, from my perspective, going back to the story about the man who was pouring boiling water in his hands and I assumed he was out of his mind. However, in reality, the man was just being quite clever and creative. So in life as well, we often think from our perspective that something doesn't make sense or something is not fair. But we have to realize Hashem knows exactly what he's doing and why he is doing it. Ultimately, everything Hashem does is for the best, whether we see it or not. You know, in the Sefer Otsar HaMedrashim, it brings a fascinating idea from the Psikta Zuta, this week's Parsha, Parsha's Ve'era. 
And it asks, why the why does the Torah mention four types of gula, four types of redemption? Right? Like we know in the Haggadah we say, It says these four lishonos, these four languages, expressions of redemption. And the Sitta, the Sefer Otzer Midrashim points out that it actually corresponds to the four times that the Torah mentions kos, which means a cup, by the dream of the Sar Hamashkim, the water butler. If you remember when he had the dream, this was in the story with with Yosef who interpreted it, but it says the word kos four times. The Sar Hamashkim was thrown into prison for having allowed a little fly, a zivuv, to enter Paro's drink. And as a servant of the king, he was held on high standards. He should have been more scrupulous in his work. So while in prison, he and the baker shared their dreams with Yosef. We know the story. And then Yosef interpreted the dreams. And we know the water butler ultimately was reinstated to his post. Whereas the baker, the Sarah Ophim, was ultimately hung on the gallows. And the connection between the four expressions of redemption and the four kosos, the four cups, is kind of abundantly clear at this point, right? We wonder, what is, what is the connection between the four lishonas of geula, of redemption, and the mentioning of the word kos four times by the Sarahamashkim? And that is because the Sarahamashkim was reinstated to his post. And that's redemption. The, the idea that the Torah is trying to tell us, the Jewish people, is just like the Sar Hamashkim was reinstated to his post, so to the Jewish people. You'll experience a reinstatement to your post of being connection, of being servants with Hashem. You'll make it out of this Gullus. You'll make it out of Egypt, just like the Saramashkim made it out of his being in prison. In fact, we know this idea of cups. What's the idea of cups? The whole mahus, the whole nature of a cup, by definition, is that you lift it up. I was thinking about this. You know, if you think about it, a cup is unique. It's very different in contrast to a plate and a bowl, right? A plate and a bowl stays in place on the table. And and whatever food is in it, you bring your fork, you bring your spoon, and you bring the contents to you. But the actual plate, the actual bowl, those stay in place. The cup is different. The cup, the function of a cup is that you need to lift it up in order to retrieve its contents. You need to lift up the cup in order to drink from it. And this is a Mephurish Apostolic in Tehillim in 116.13, David Amelech writes, Kos Yeshuos Esa, I will raise the cup of salvation. You see, these ideas go hand in hand. The idea of a cup being raised and salvation being restored back to the post. These ideas go hand in hand. A cup, death by definition, needs to be raised in order to be effective in what a cup is. Rashi explains over there that Kos Yeshuos Esa is actually alluding to the times when the Beis HaMikdash will be around and when we will be able to offer Karbanos accompanied by the wine libations. So, my friends, our current exile, the Gullus, is almost over. There are many signs pointing to the fact that Mashiach is right around the corner. The times we live in are scary yet exciting. It's a lot easier to question why this and why that than it is to answer our true calling of life, which is to focus on the what.
What can I do today to be the best person I can be? What can I do right now to be the best servant of Hashem? Be'ezer Hashem, we will soon raise our cups of salvation as we will merit to be reinstated back to our true post, serving Hashem in His palace in the Beis HaMikdash. May it be soon. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks. Thank you, and Emirates Hashem, we will see you next week.